Our first scripture reading this morning is from the first letter of John, starting with chapter 1, verse 1, and ending chapter 2, verse 2. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen it and testified to it, and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message you have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. Our second scripture reading is in John chapter 20. Be reading verses 19 through 31 with a familiar story of the one we call Doubting Thomas. John 20, beginning with verse 19. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. And I kind of have a feeling he, he was saying that in a little bit stronger language than I just did. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. 
Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. My, how time flies. Happy anniversary, Olive Branch Fellowship. Thirteen years ago today, we held our first worship service at Olive Branch Fellowship. Not really knowing where we might be long term, our first service was at the Whispering Woods Conference Center. Y'all remember that? That service was the week after Easter because we wanted those involved to be able to spend Easter Sunday at their churches. I certainly don't remember it being this cold back on April 3rd, 2005. Actually, the high that day was 73 and the low was 37. I love the internet, so it did get kind of nippy. The hymns we sang today are the same hymns we sang 13 years ago, with the exception of the call to worship. We didn't sing a call to worship on that day. So my apologies for singing Because He Lives two Sundays in a row. I'm sure that some of y'all picked up on that. That's why we did that, because we sang it 13 years ago. The congregational call to worship we read this morning is the same as the one we used the Sunday after Easter 13 years ago. The title of that first sermon was appropriate if unimaginably entitled, A New Beginning. Prior to that Sunday, Andy, Amy, Maxine, Carolyn, Martha, and I had met to think of some needs for the new church start, and this was our original list. Short-term supplies, folding chairs, 50 to 75, and it's written here. This is a priority. I guess that would, that would be a priority unless you want to be standing up. You know, So folding chairs, small tables. Examples include a table where we could set a coffee pot and some donuts. We have followed through with that, haven't we? Also, a small table that could be placed in a children's Sunday school room. Dry erase boards, markers, erasers. Children's classroom supplies, pencils, pens, paper, markers, glue, scissors. Office supplies such as copy paper, a lectern or stand, Bibles, and literature. Long-term supplies, portable sound system, cell phone. Never kind of quite got there, did we? Uh, advertising, signs for the building, signs for yards, which we never did much of either, business cards, brochures, other names of prospects prayer support, and core group members. Part of celebrating an anniversary is looking back, being reminded of our beginnings, remembering how things were at that time. It's the same way with a wedding anniversary. If you've ever been to a 50th wedding anniversary, inevitably, there will be some 50-year-old photos of the wrinkle-free bride and groom. It's a fun thing to do. It can be therapeutic to reminisce about what happened way back when. Our familiar week after Easter lectionary reading from John is also about an anniversary, albeit a short one, Jesus had done just as we noted last week. He had shown up 
to his early followers, including the time he appeared as they cowered in fear, probably in the upper room where Jesus had instituted the Lord's Supper. Well, as we know, Thomas was absent. So it was a week later, the one-week anniversary, if you will, when Thomas was with them. And so in what had to be an awkward moment, Jesus appears before them again, and on that one-week anniversary, Thomas didn't need to see photos of the previous week. He had a living video in front of him. Every time I read this passage, it moves me as if reading it for the first time as Jesus tells Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Happy anniversary, Thomas. And so anniversaries present us with good opportunities to look back to beginnings, to reminisce. But anniversaries also give us a chance to see what happens in between. Our church is still a very young church. But we've seen quite a few changes over our first 13 years of existence. We're in our third location, with our move typically being of the dramatic type, where a landlord says, I need my building next month. Oh my goodness. I'm sure some of you can remember crossing the mud in the parking lot at our current location as the parking lot was being installed and walking on those boards and trying to avoid falling in the mud. We've seen people come and go, some amicably and some not. I get teased about meeting with prospective church members in another room and us never seeing those folks ever again. It's as if I have an an eject button in the other room. We've seen our children grow up and mature, both physically and spiritually. Hopefully we adults have grown spiritually as well. I know that we've grown physically. We've experienced weddings and graduations, and we've experienced funerals as well. We've attempted to follow what we think God wants us to do in the area of ministry, paying attention to the needs of the least of these among us. Much has happened in these 13 years. So what could have happened in the time frame of one week in the life of Jesus and his disciples, that one-week anniversary, if you will. Well, we know that he left the tomb with his grave clothes folded and in place. Then he appeared to Mary Magdalene, as we talked about last week. He encounters two of his followers on the road to Emmaus, went on to stay with them, and they recognized him as they broke bread together. According to Luke's version of the story, it seems that he also appeared to Simon Peter, Then Jesus appears to the disciples without Thomas present. And then we don't have very much to go on until he he appears to them with Thomas there. We can only imagine what the week must have been like as the disciples described the risen Jesus to Thomas, but with him refusing to believe. And for that matter, what it must have been like for them if they didn't see Jesus again until that one-week anniversary. We don't know that's the case, but if it was, it was likely to be one of the longest weeks of their lives. Whatever the case then and the case today, we have faith that more often than not, we've 
try to conduct our lives in a way that have been pleasing to God. Of course, anniversaries are not only for looking back and pondering what has happened in the in-between times, but anniversaries can also be good for pondering the future. That's something I hope that we continue to do on a regular basis at our church. We never know who might walk through those doors, what needs they may have. We never know when someone might notice our church and ponder whether they want to be involved here. Who is that next member of Olive Branch Fellowship? And how will God use that person in the ministry of this church? Speaking of ministry, what's next? Pat has begun next steps together with resounding success. There's a group of ladies who look forward to being here every Wednesday afternoon, and it goes far beyond learning to sew. Is there another need out there? Is there another ministry waiting to take place? I think one of the marks of a healthy church is to always be looking to what might be. The same could certainly be said of the early disciples. We can read the book of Acts and beyond to see what happened in their lives after that one-week anniversary. But what about Thomas in particular? We don't know much about what happened with Thomas, but church tradition and history tells us that Thomas traveled outside of the Roman Empire as a missionary, possibly as far away as India, to preach the gospel, which is yet another indication of his boldness. He may have reached a place called Muziris, India, where he baptized several believers and was possibly the first to bring the gospel to the Far East. This might, be, might explain why he is considered the patron saint of India. As far as his death, again, church tradition speculates that while he was establishing a church in India, he was stabbed with a spear, dying from the wind. An ironic way to die for this one who put his hand in the wound in the sight of Jesus. Again, we can read about the lives of the early followers and what became of them after that one week anniversary, but what about us? Jesus said to Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. What an incredible statement for Jesus to make and for John to include in his gospel. You see, Thomas had to see in order to believe. But once he did see, on that one-week anniversary, he was home again, if you will. But just because you and I have not seen does not put us at any disadvantage in fact, we can go so far as to say we are on equal footing with the early disciples. We have come to believe even though we did not put our hands into his hand or our hands into his side. Early in the earlier in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells his disciples, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and in fact will do greater works than these 
because I'm going to the Father. And so where does that leave us? Well, it allows us to anticipate, to look forward to what the risen Christ has in store for us. It allows us to not only ask what's next in my life or your life or in the life of our church, but to know that something in fact is next. As we look out the window and we see that tree budding and we see new life and we witness the different seasons of the year, we know that a new day is always upon us. Thomas and those early apostles scattered and they took the message of Christ with them in different ways to different places. They ministered in the name of Christ as they went. The same can be said of each one of us and of this church. As long as we are willing to ask what's next, God will provide opportunities and will provide a new day. All we are asked to do is follow. And so I ask you this morning, what is next in your Christian life? What's next in your Christian walk? What does God have in store for you from this point forward? Well, regardless of whether we are looking to the beginning, the between times, or the future, we can know for sure and agree with the writer in Hebrews that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And that should be something that would put a bounce in our step. And by the way, happy anniversary. Let's pray.